am your baby tonight, Whitney Houston, and I'm sure a lot of you are looking forward to saying that to someone, right? Especially when this winter season is creeping in on us. I know some provinces are experiencing a lot of uh, cold weather. KZN is also wet, and yeah, you just want to have your baby around you, isn't it? Okay, so A-teamers, it's time for Closet Conversations, simply meaning that you must shut the front door and open the closet. No one under the age of 18 should be tuned in as we get saucy and sassy and sensual alongside being sexual. We're going to be talking about managing mismatched libidos, especially for the couples who've been together for a long time. And, um, you know, there's just that distance between the two of you because of your libidos. Is it normal? Is it natural? How many times do you want to be having sex in a week, in a day, in a month? What is the normal time? Perhaps if you've been in a relationship for a long time, whether marriage or a partnership, you should tell us how often you are having sex and what's the correct number, you know, in a month that you should be having sex as a couple. Even the fact that, uh, you know, libidos are not always the same. Call in 011-714-2006 or SMS 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. We are joined by Dr. Miriam Khan, who's a natural medicine doctor registered with the Allied Health Professionals Council of South Africa. Dr. Khan, a very warm welcome. Hi, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I'm glad you're back with us. So am I. (laughs) So... What What is the right number of times that a couple should be having sex, especially in a long-term relationship? Patricia, I'm not sure there is, a, you know, a right number, like frequency. I think that, you know, uh, it's dependent on the couple and obviously individually as well. But some studies show that um, the average person... Oh, it seems we're having network issues. We can't hear Dr. Khan. I'm going to send Dr. Khan back to Ben so we can see if we can get a stable uh, connection with her. But A-teamers, the question lies. What is the appropriate number of times that you want to have sex? I know people who are fresh in relationships want to be doing it all the time because their libidos are high, they're excited. But the older you get in a relationship, uh, in terms of age, there are certain things that creep in, um, you know, and libidos just don't become matched anymore. So I want to hear from you. When you started your relationship, were you having sex three times a day? And now that you've been together for 10 odd years, are you now all of a sudden having sex three times a year? And is that suitable for you? Is it okay for you and your libido and your partner? And how do you deal with a low libido or losing your libido altogether? Well, uh, that's why we have Dr. Khan with us. Remember the number to dial in on is 011-714-2006 or SMS 41391. Dr. Khan, I'm glad you're back on. We've got a stable line now. So you were telling us about stats. So Patricia, um, according to some research, the average person in a developed country has intercourse about three times a month. And Only? that ceases after age 35. Only? Yep. Only three times a month. That's and th- the average number. And that seems to be, that seems to work for the average person. So if, what about the under <laughs> average? Those are the ones who don't have sex at all, but the, the, the above average, what's their count? <laughs> So, Patricia, I think, you know, like I said earlier, it's really couple-dependent and individual. Um, And here is where we come to this idea of 
you know, what is a high desire or what is low desire and whether people have mismatched libidos. Because, you know, when you're in a honeymoon phase of your relationship or marriage, I'd say anything in the range of the first six months to 24 months, there is this idea of spontaneous desire. There's lots, lots of lust and spontaneous sexual activity and obviously increased sexual activity. But as routine sets in and responsibilities come in, um, that tends to lessen, right? So the, the frequency drops. And that's pretty normal. But what number it drops to and how satisfied each person is will be dependent on the person and how that works for them as a couple will then be dependent on whether they communicate you know, it, it to each other, their thoughts, their ideas. And that will determine whether it becomes a problem or not in the relationship. Okay, I think uh, Ruben, who's an ATM on the line, might want to give us the correct number. Ruben, good evening. Good evening, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, in the beginning of every relationship, right, you will want to have maybe sex almost every day. But as we grow, sex changes. That love is born in the process whereby having sex sometimes it can be just like cutting, having fun, doing things together. But <laughs> the issue of having sex may be putting a specific time in a week that you are going to have sex maybe two times or three times a week. I think as you grow, it just comes naturally. Okay. So we'll just communicate maybe through eyes or through actions. It will be any other thing that will make all of you to find that this is the moment that we need to be together. However, love or relationship is above sex. When you are settled for more than 10 years in the relationship, sex is just a top-up sharing. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ruben. So in the beginning, it's uh, on like corn, but uh, as time goes on, having sex becomes like a project. So, Dr. Khan, there's, uh, there's some stats that show that as women mature in age, they tend to be uh, having higher sex drive, so their libido is much higher. And according to a particular doctor, uh, Gila Shapiro, who says about 60% of the couples that come into uh, their practice, um, he finds that women have a higher sex drive. I think it's interesting when you look at different research, and I think it depends on where the research was done, um, so the demographics around the research. Um, and that will show whether, you know, so the results of the research would be dependent on what age group and external factors, um, you know, so what other things have to play in that in that mix. So I've also come across I've come across that research, and I've also come across research that say um, that women actually have a higher experience of low desire. So up to sixty percent of women experience low desire at some point in their lives. Um, but remember that when you say low desire, we're really usually speaking about a medical diagnosis. So you know, there's a difference between a medical diagnosis, and then someone just saying no desire on a, on a baseline that's, that has not been diagnosed by a medical professional. So, for example, 
if um, you have a frame of reference, so a, a certain standard, if you're happy with three times a month and, and that's fine for you, then that's your idea of the ideal number of times or the frequency of, of sex that you'll be having in, in your relationship. And if that drops, then that will become a low desire for you. So a low libido. That will become low for you. So if that drops from three to one, that will become low for you. But for someone who ideally would like to be having intercourse or be intimate uh, six times a month or eight times a month, and that drops to four or three, then that becomes low for that person. I think when it comes to women, what happens is as you age, because you know we understand that it, it's also estrogen dependent and many other external factors, but what happens is as you age, you tend to not care about so many things that you care about when you're younger. So you care about you know, people's opinion of your body, your own opinion about your body based on media representation of what a good body looks like. So, you know, self-esteem issues, body image issues, and these, these factors affect the way you see yourself and affect your desire and your participation and your pleasure and, you know, the way you uh, experience that, uh, that sexual pleasure or, or that, ex- that sexual experience, right? So I think as we age, we tend to not care about those things. And that may appear as a higher desire. Hmm. Let's go to a break. A-team are still asking you the question, how many times do you think is appropriate to be having sex in a relationship? Um, and also, how do you manage if your partner has a higher or a lower libido than what you have? How do you manage that situation? We have Dr. Miriam Khan with us. Call in on 011-714-2006 or SMS 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday. 10 p.m. till midnight. For me, I'm on my early 30s, but the more I get, the more I want. I don't know. I don't get fed up of it. I don't know. And it's like a natural uh, to us because my brothers, they're also having the same problem. Thank you so much for a nice show. Maybe I need a medical or something. Chico, okay, I think we're concerned. Benzito is concerned. I'm concerned. You and your brother are sharing sex notes, uh, and you say it's a problem. <laughs> but um, my concern is probably just me in not being serious about things. But Dr. Khan, is it normal what Chico is saying? To once you once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, the one I understood from that was he thinks it's a problem that he wants sex too frequently. And, you know, I'd, I'd really want to know what exactly is too frequently. You know, how often are you having intercourse? And are you having it with one particular partner? Because, uh, you know, it would, if, if you're having intercourse with, you know, whoever you're having intercourse with would also have a limit, right? So if it's too often, and if you're going into um, something like sexual compulsion, then obviously the other partner would probably have a limit where they'd say no. So is that the problem? where the other person is saying no, or is the problem that for himself personally he thinks it's too much? And then he would have to address that with someone who he trusts, meaning a therapist or his doctor, in terms of trying to assess whether it's sexual compulsion. So I wouldn't say addictive. It's not usually a word that we use with with sex. 
as in, as in other addictions, but whether there's some excessive, you know, activity. So I've got a message here on SMS uh, from uh, someone in Peter Maritzburg who says, we're in our 60s and my wife and I have sex three times a week. We both have great libidos, young 60s. Fantastic. So it's, it sounds fantastic. It sounds really, really great that they are still able to maintain um, the same level of libido with each other. Usually it's relationships where there's a strong emotional connection. You know, and that as you age, you're able to maintain that. And it doesn't mean that if you don't have that frequent intercourse, um, that you don't have a strong emotional connection. It's just what works. So it depends on what you need or, you know, what you understand makes your relationship work. It's really very personal. Um, but it, it's wonderful to hear uh, that this couple, you know, are happy and engaging in intercourse three times a week. I just want to draw on that in terms of, you know, we're speaking about sex. And previously we've spoken about what does sex mean. So when we say sex, are we saying penis and vagina sex? Or are we saying um, all kinds of sexual activity that lead to pleasure? That doesn't necessarily end in penetration. And I think this is also something that may affect, you know, interaction or participation in sexual activity. Because sometimes one partner does not want the sexual response to lead to penetration. And the fear of it leading to penetration may actually drive them to say no or to avoid any sexual encounter. So if you're able to communicate that with your partner, you're then able to engage in other forms of intimacy or sexual intimacy or, or sexual activity knowing and not being pressurized for it to lead to penetration. And I think couples need to establish this really early on in their relationship, you know, that it's okay for any kind of, of physical interaction or sexual interaction to not lead to penetration. A-teamers, we're talking to Dr. Miriam Khan about managing mismatched libidos in a relationship. Remember, no one under the age of 18 should be tuned in. We've got Dr. Sam Shabalala. Dr. Shabalala, good evening. Evening. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm good myself. I'm on the road and I hope I'm here. We can hear you loud and clear. Okay. I think uh, from the point of the A-teamer, I would say uh, we, we have to phrase the question totally different to say, are we talking about sex in a, in a, in a relationship based on the marriage, or are we talking about uh, men species and sex, or women species and Oh, it seems Dr. Chabala's network is not uh, good there because of his drive. Uh, if you can, Dr. Chabala, do call us back once you've got a stable connection. I'm going to go to this uh, message here on WhatsApp. It says, uncompatible sex drive. My wife has changed. That led me to masturbate more lately. Is this a good or bad thing, Doc? Look, masturbation is not the problem, right? The question is, you know, why has what has changed with your partner? So what has changed? What leads her, or what has led her to not want to be sexually, um, you know, um, in, to engage sexually as often as she may have previously? 
And how does she feel about it? Is it something that distresses her or not? Obviously, um, you know, the, the caller or the, the person who sent the text may not be entirely happy with it, which is why they turn to masturbation. So in, in marriages and in relationships, masturbation is perfectly normal. So whether it's for yourself or mutual mas- masturbation, it's perfectly normal. I know that there, there's an idea that, you know, you feel kind of... Um, I'm not, I, I'm not sure I'm getting the word correct, but sometimes you feel like, you know, the, you, the person in your relationship or the, your partner is only supposed to engage with you in terms of, and some people feel a little bit hurt or upset or rejected. Um, they feel that they're not, in, they're not um, adequate or they feel insufficient if their partner turns to masturbation, and you really shouldn't feel like this. You know? It's a very personal experience. But I don't think it's a problem as such, unless... Um, the, the texter feels like that, then that is something that they would communicate with the partner. And maybe their partner can help them with the masturbation. So this is why communication is so important. So it comes back to what we said earlier, that it doesn't matter if it's not penetration, but there can be other forms of intimacy, and masturbation is one of them. So is your partner willing to enjoy that masturbation process with you? That is the question. Hmm. Or are they not interested at all in engaging sexually? Or the, the other question could be, is is maybe he hiding the fact that he's masturbating from his partner because they have not communicated about her change in libido? And, and then that would be a concern. The hmm. so hiding it would, you know, you ask questions about why. So is he feeling guilty for hiding it? Or does he not want to hurt her feelings? Uh, so, you know, you'd interrogate why would he be hiding it? Let's go to a voice note here. Good evening, Patricia and the guests. I want to remain anonymous. For me, the way I do it, I do it sometimes two days a week, sometimes three days a week. When I say two days a week, if we had it Monday, maybe we can have it again on Thursday. Or if it is three days, three days a week, maybe Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday, or else we push it to the weekend. The lesser days I have sex, the more I enjoy it. Because when we have it, the day we do it, wow, 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 that will be nice. I tell you, we enjoy it because we'll be longing for it. Thank you. Okay, it seems like Anonymous uses the philosophy absence makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) Yes, and it's the anticipation, right? So it's kind of like, you know, when you have a very busy life and you're just not finding time to, you know, for yourself, you'd schedule it, right? So you'd schedule sexual intercourse. And it sounds boring and it sounds so routine and monotonous that. You know, to see the, you know, to see that you've diarized that today you're going to be intimate with your partner. But actually, it can lead to something very exciting because you know that you're making conscious, positive steps toward that particular evening or morning or lunchtime rendezvous, whatever it is. So um, it, it can be very exciting, yes. Let's go to an Atima on the line. Good evening, Atima. How are you, sir? How are you, man? Good, thank you. 
Yeah, speaking to my comment, I just need to know, man. I need to work now. Um, my wife lost uh, his leg from the knee. But since then, she started having that arousement. She's demanding sex every day. Is there anything wrong with her? When you lose a limb, can that affect your sex drive? Because, hey, man, hey, she... I don't have a problem with it. I can go for it sometimes, even four times a week. Is it normal? But before she lost her leg uh, 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 in an accident that uh, she was involved in, she was like normal, but now I don't know. Or uh, maybe is that the security to keep me uh, with her or what? I don't know. But every, almost every day in the morning when you prefer to go to work, I have to do it. Is it abnormal? Mm. All right. Let's allow um, uh, Dr. Khan to respond. Thank you very much. And uh, listen on the radio, Anonymous Mike. So sometimes, Patricia, what happens is when there's a problem in a relationship or a personal problem, we can either withdraw from intimacy or we can engage in intimacy excessively. And engaging in intimacy excessively would also be for a similar reason we'd be withdrawing. So... It could be that, um, you know, if you're engaging in intimacy, then there isn't time to discuss personal problems. So it's using it kind of like an escape, and I'm not saying this is what his partner is doing, but I'm saying that it is a possibility that, you know, that the time spent there means less time talking and discussing real issues and real concerns. So it really is dependent on that person, and so he would need to communicate with his partner and inquire and and perhaps you know sometimes when you have a life changing situation it it does change your perspective on things in life and maybe she just thought oh goodness i've been holding myself back for so long let me just enjoy life after she had her amputation and she's just Absolutely. enjoying her sex so yeah i think they need to communicate you are totally right doctor but one thing that boggles me is that uh, that particular caller asked us to call him anonymous and then he tells us his name hi bro guy you are not used to lying it's very very clear okay simpiwe in orlando so where to say is patricia there are no rules all we need is mutual feelings uh there's another one here who says i have a problem it's an anonymous on whatsapp i have a problem my wife is has a high drive and higher than mine what can i do uh should i give her um um, oral sex first but I'm doing it six times a week sometimes even nine times a week because my wife and I we love sex too but she has a high sex drive than me and I always make sure she's satisfied the poor guy <laughs> what should he do so you know I think the question is here is is it a problem for him you know he's saying that he enjoys it but he's also at the same time saying that you know, her, her sex drive or her desire is higher than his. So is that a problem that he's not communicating? Um, so, you know, it really is dependent on that. And it's fine if her desire is higher than his, um, if it works for them. But at the same time, you know, just to understand that a higher frequency doesn't necessarily mean high quality. So where's the high desire coming from? And is the partner entirely satisfied? In general, and I hate generalizing, but in general, women tend to prefer quality 
over quantity, you know. And again, I'm going to stress that it's, you know, I, I'd hate to generalize, but yeah, women tend to prefer quality sex over quantity sex. So it depends on where that high drive is coming from or the high desire is coming from. And is he finding it difficult to keep up with that? So, um, Anonymous, uh, please do respond if you can. Uh, this one says, personally, 10 times a week is okay, but I'd like to ask if it isn't there where research or medical research indicates that having too much sex can be unhealthy. And again, talking from experience, I sometimes get a pain on my penis after having a lot of sex. Okay, then he's definitely having, he's definitely having too much sex. Right. So it depends. If you're having some kind of, sh- if you're having chafing or if you're having soreness or numbness, if there's inflammation, uh, if there's pain, swelling, then there'd be, that would be indications of too much of sexual activity. Um, so, you know, that would be something that you'd, you'd address. I, I can't remember the, 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 the former part of that question. Yeah, it's asking if there's any medical research that, uh, you know, says that uh, too much sex could be unhealthy. So I'm not sure if there's medical research in, in terms of mainstream medicine. But I do understand in Eastern medicine, we have, you know, and I practice natural medicine, and I practice specifically a form of Eastern medicine. And we have ideas of, you know, uh, sexual activity, uh, especially when it comes to men and ejaculation, that there is a thing as too much of ejaculation. And that it may lead to weakness um, and a, a, a lesser or lower or weaker life force. Um, and that is something we can discuss, you know, that will take a whole show on its own. But yeah, we in, in Eastern medicine, we do consider such a thing as too much um, and that it's being detrimental for your health. For your health but more in the context of men and not necessarily women. I'd like us to go into that conversation in the near future. Uh, Weaker life force because of too much sex, never heard. But clearly, there's some uh, science to it. Um, Doc, let's go to this voice note. Hello, Patricia and doctor. Uh, I just need to know something uh, because I have a girlfriend. Uh, She's 25 years old. So what I need to know is that, uh, see, she just keep on telling me that she had that uh, feeling to have sex, but as I just came on and look, it seems like she doesn't become wet. So I just need to find out what might be the problem uh, for her not getting wet in terms of uh, the feeling. Yeah, it is anonymous. Did you get the question, Doc? Yes, and, and, and what I understood was that she is interested in in being intimate, but she's just not moist enough. Mm. So there is interest, but he's not seeing it in terms of you know physical indication of lubrication, and that would be called arousal non-concordance. And that does occur, and it doesn't mean that there's something necessarily wrong with her, uh, but they can address that with, with whoever their, their practitioner or GP therapist is. And yes, it's called arousal non-concordance. And really sometimes, you know, how the brain feels and how the body responds just doesn't work together. So being wet or dry may not match 
um, you know, the, the experience of being turned on or not turned on, of being aroused or not aroused. Let's go to a quick break. A-teamers, remember, we are talking no under-18 topics here. Managing mismatched libidos. Perhaps you and your partner have been together for a long time and your libidos are not that high. Or perhaps you guys have uh, an equilibrium when it comes to the way you both desire sex. And share that with us. 011-714-2006 for all your questions on WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's get to it. Uh, Remember, no one under the age of 18 should be tuned in right now. This uh, from an anonymous, Dr. Khan says, I've been married for 23 years. I am er in my early 50s. And if I could, I would want to have sex every day and more than once a day on a weekend or holiday. Unfortunately, my wife's libido seems to have lowered from wanting it every day in the first few years to maybe once in Two weeks now. What can my wife do to raise her libido? So there are several things to address here. It would depend on what is the reason behind her lower libido, right? And your desire is usually influenced by, you know, biological factors, by psychological factors, social factors. So it really is dependent on what is the cause of the lower desire. And then they would need to investigate that. But in general, uh, a healthier lifestyle. So, you know, addressing your diet, your sleep patterns, your physical activity, having a look at, you know, um, external factors like medications. What are you taking? I find a lot of women in the early years of marriage, and this is women who are on the oral contraceptive pill, have lower desire because the pill does that to you. So it affects your desire. And you'll find that when you get off the pill, then your desire increases. From what I heard from this text, it's the opposite, right? So it started off with a regular or normal desire, or what the texter understands as normal, and then decreases. Another thing we've got to take into account is what happens or what has happened in those years after the initial years. So the responsibilities in the relationship changes. You know, you go from being two people in a relationship or marriage to three people if there's a child, then four people if there are two children, then there's work stress, um, there could be birth trauma. So what are the factors there that may have impacted this and, and led to lower desire? And really, you know, you'll have to communicate this and just go through it. But if you're looking for lifestyle changes, then you'd be looking at adjusting diet making sure that it's a low inflammatory diet, low processed foods, uh, low foods of high sodium. So, you know, um, that means um, not a lot of canned foods, uh, salty foods, um, you know, cutting down sugar, caffeine, alcohol, all of those things. And then you'd look for foods that are understood to be aphrodisiacs. So watermelon, bananas, spices like nutmeg, saffron, clove, even dark chocolate, brazil nuts, um, collagen-rich foods like bone broth. So these are foods that will, you know, will, will increase your libido or your desire. If you improve your quality of sleep, um, if you increase physical activity, if you, inc- if you include methods like meditation, that will improve your desire by, um, by, by 
uh, um, effect that it has on your hormone levels, right? So these would be your lifestyle adjustments that you'd make. And in terms of more serious intervention, you'd discuss with your practitioner, whoever that would be, and you'd try to investigate what other reasons and factors are there behind that that you need to address. So sometimes it could be um, medication, hormonal changes, a trauma, self-esteem. You know, and self-esteem is something we spoke about previously as well. Like post-birth, you have a lower self-esteem regarding you know body image and that, um, and your ideas around sex and sexuality and intimacy. So maybe it's something that you tend to overlook in the early stages of a relationship, but then. You know, once that honeymoon phase is over, it kicks in the old narrative in your head, you know, your sexual story. And if there's trauma there that you've not communicated with your partner, so these are things you'd want to look at. So people need to communicate. I think that's the key thing. Communicate with your partner whether you're, you're, you're feeling the sex drive is lower or not so that you know what to do to, to mitigate. Is it ever possible that as a relationship grows more mature, uh, that the libidos continue to stay matched, like the couple that sent us an SMS saying they're both in their 60s, both of them, and they have sex uh, three times a week and it's, it's great sex? So I think they are testament to it, right? So it's highly possible. And again, it's an effort. And I think that's something that we neglect in terms of we don't realize that to make a marriage or a relationship work, it takes effort. And, and that's fine. You know, it doesn't mean that it's a chore or it's boring or, you know, that it's work now or that it's broken and it needs to be fixed. But it's a conscious choice that you make that this is my partner's wants, desires, needs, and I'd like to fulfill that. I'd like to, you know, uh, make sure that their needs are met. These are my desires, and here's how I communicate my desires to my partner, and depending on how much or how little my partner values the relationship and me and themselves and how we interact, they would then, you know, find ways to, um, you know, uh, make sure that my needs are met. And of course, we're talking about relationships, you know, that are in the absence of uh, manipulation, power dynamics, abuse. We're talking about healthy relationships here. So we, the hallmark of it all to keep the libidos matching is a, a healthy relationship. Uh, now, now let's let's go medically and psychologically. What are the things that we can do to keep us in the same path when it comes to our sex drive? you'd have to investigate what are the reasons behind a lower sex drive. And, you know, uh, your doctor would then make a diagnosis depending on, you know, your, your interest in sexual activity, whether you have thoughts or fantasies, you know, your, um, whether the, the lack of interest in sex or is causing problems in your relationship, you know, your, the way you prioritize sex in your relationship um, you know, whether it's the lack of libido is affecting your quality of life. So all of that would then lead to a diagnosis. You'd want to investigate, you know, what are the reasons behind it. So it would mean uh, considering whether it's low testosterone, low estrogen, whether it's certain medications, and that by no means uh, means that you should 
discontinue a certain medication. It just means that you can work around it. Sometimes it's your chemo or radiation therapy. Sometimes it's, um, you know, steroids or antidepressants. You may have a chronic illness like diabetes or hypertension. It could be any number of things, and you'd want to investigate that and then work around that and address it via, you know, whatever the, the cause is. Let's take a break. We'll be back with a voice note. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Uh, let's go to a voice note from an A-teamer as we continue our discussion of uh, managing mismatched libidos with uh, Dr. Miriam Khan. Hey, good evening, Pat, and good evening, Doc. Uh, I have a problem. I don't know if I'm diverting from the topic, but uh, as I'm speaking to you, I received a call from my wife. She seems to be, she's, she's actually my, my girlfriend. Uh, she seems to be having stomach uh, cramps and uh, each time I'm actually always on the road and each time she visits me thereafter then she goes uh, she gets those stomach cramps and uh, uh, this lately she had a period uh, early this month she had a, she went to her periods and they extended to eight days and now I uh, saw so yeah, this uh, previous weekend and now she's on her periods again and she's crying she's in agony as i'm speaking to you she's having those stomach cramps and uh that uh the, the, those period pains so i don't know how you can help me there sure okay off the topic however it's a serious one dr khan i think they're going to have to visit their doctor ASAP, depending on the severity, and she would know. And having just, you know, as a tip for them, gauge whether there's fever and the kind of pain and what level of pain, and they should um, they should consult with their physician as soon as possible. Okay, so this one does need medical intervention. Um, it seems there's another voice note. Let's go to it and um, see what this ATM has to say. This is Patricia. Can I be not a little bit? I just want to ask your guest how long does one have to take when having a sex thank you so much for that show all right so this one is about duration once we have matched our libidos what is the duration great question so anything from six seven eight minutes to 13 minutes i think is what is average out there and I think that, you know, media representation of, of sex and pornography gives you the idea that it's supposed to last hours long, and it really doesn't. Um, and that doesn't help men's self-esteem and women's expectation of how long sex should be, right? And so what it does is it drives men to um, then, you know, it, they resort to taking medication that helps them last longer when they shouldn't be taking it. And that can cause further problems. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's whether you are having um, a quickie, and that would be quick generally, or whether it is a full-on session. And the idea is that because a lot of women, I'd say a good 70 to 75% of women, 
do not, yeah, 70% of women do not orgasm through penetration. The idea is that you spend time on what we are trying not to call foreplay, right? So we we spend time on that so that there is the possibility of them having an orgasm through other forms of stimulation, not penetration. If you spend, you know, I think the average woman would need about 20 minutes of stimulation to have that kind of orgasm, so clitoral stimulation to have that orgasm. And at that, at that, during that time, a man would be aroused, you know, um, on and off, depending on his level of arousal. So his erection would be strong or weak, depending on that. But, you know, it's this whole idea that we're in a race and the penetration itself is supposed to last a certain number of minutes. And I want to come back to quality of the, of the intimacy and, and that interaction itself. So whatever works for you is good. And again, communication. If you're able to communicate with your partner and be frank about what your wants, needs, and desires are, and whether they feel satisfied, then you're able to gauge and able to just assess or establish and say, okay, look, you know, this 10 minutes, is working for us, and that's fine. Um, so these are ideas and concepts you're going to have to discuss with your partner. There isn't a right number of you know, minutes or, or the length of time that is the miracle number. And sometimes sex for too long can lead to dryness in a woman and can lead to vaginal tears and discomfort unless you're using a lubricant or moisturizer. So you've got to take those factors into account as well. You know, it could be that you're engaging for a long time and it can become uncomfortable afterward. If, if the woman is not entirely aroused the entire time and she starts to become dry, it's going to become uncomfortable. So then there's no point in, in having an erection and in engaging in penetration for one hour. Now, this message uh, from uh, Johannes. Uh, Johannes says, I'm 28 years of age and I'm losing interest in sex with my baby mama. But with my ex, who was a nyatsi, being a side chick, um, even a text switches me on. After the breakup with my ex, I truly lost interest in sex. Is it possible for a young person like me to have a lack of libido? Wow. Yes, absolutely possible. And, oh, that forbidden fruit. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that it's absolutely possible. And it depends on what the cause or what the reason behind it So is. So, for example, has the baby mama just had the baby, you know? And are those dynamics affecting uh, the, the desire? So sometimes a man is a little put off, depending on whether he has been present at the birth or not depending on the amount of attention the, the, his partner spends with the baby or on the baby, amount of time spent on the baby, personal care and hygiene, sometimes the scent of breast milk puts someone off. Uh, so it really depends on what is the reason behind the lack of interest or the lower desire with the partner. So what should he do? Should he see a sex therapist to, to go through these emotions? I think that he would probably have an idea and it would be good to first start with the partner because you remember that one person can't fix a sex life. It's a team effort. 
So you've got to staff as a team. Uh, you know, you may have a problem, but it's a problem either, you know, it, it's personal, so it's yourself, or it's a problem with your partner. And we come back to this idea of communication. So communicate with your partner and maybe be honest with yourself about what is the reason behind you being more uh, or having a lack of desire. It could also be stress. And I think during these times that we're living in, and I'm referring to the pandemic, you know, it's highly likely that it's stress. It could be financial stress, employment stress, you know, different ideas of where stress comes from, so different um, causes of stress. Maybe it's now greater responsibility with regard to taking care of two people as opposed to one or three as a collective. So he really would need to find out and interrogate what is the reason behind it and then work with that. So, Doc, we have talked extensively about matching up uh, libidos. Maybe can you give us like five points to make sure that couples will remember what to do should they be mismatched? I think that if, you know, if we have to start with anything, we'd look at, you know, just going back and discussing, so communicating, um, you know, your ideas of intimacy, your ideas of sex, uh, communicating your needs, your desires, your wants, um, and how the other person can help you, you know, help fulfill those needs uh, and desires. And also, you know, going through different ideas of intimacy. And obviously, this has to be done in a safe space. So it has to be in a relationship that's a healthy relationship where you're able to voice, you know, your thoughts without the fear of the other person behaving negatively. Um yeah, and then, you know, work around a schedule, um, figure out your energy levels during the day, figure out your timetable, the amount of time you have, you know, during the day, put some time around uh, or set some time out, especially for intimacy, um, and looking at your energy levels. So if it works better that you are intimate during the morning, then go for that. Um, so make time, you know. And one of the things that you should consider is seeing a therapist if it's just not working. If you've tried everything, then consider seeing a therapist. Excellent. How do we get in touch with you, Doc? 079-380-8449. And on social media, it's at Dr. Mariam B. Khan. Excellent. Thank you very much, Doc. Until next time, have a good morning. Take care, Patricia. A-teamers, it's officially the 22nd of April. So, uh, yeah, one minute after midnight, we are back again for the Thursday edition at 10 o'clock. But between now and then, you can catch a Sunday better at 3 until 5 a.m. And we can catch up on social media platforms, as we always do, at Patricia N. and Uli. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.